podcast. I am Maggie Coomer. And I'm Jasmine Brand. And welcome to the fifth edition of our Saturday morning short stack series. We are just chugging right along, aren't we? We are. (laughs) Well, this week we're going to do something a little bit different. If you'll recall, uh, two weeks ago uh, for our third edition of the Saturday Morning Short Sex series, Jasmine told me a story about Eliza Wood and her murder by lynching. So uh, this week, I am we're going to flip that, and I'm going to tell Jasmine a story that I've found. And um, before we, we get going, Jasmine, have you heard of the Lost Colony of Roanoke? I have, yeah. Very interesting. Okay. It is extremely interesting. My brother sent me an article two days ago. And it was called, The Mystery is Over. Researchers Say They Know What Happened to the Lost Colony. No. And then I fell down a rabbit hole. (laughs) For the past 10 years, the uh, Croatoan Archaeological Society has been excavating the Hatteras Island. Uh, That's about 60 miles south of Roanoke Island off the coast of North Carolina. One of the founders of what I'll call the CAS, his name is Scott Dawson, he published a book on their findings on that decade-long excavation of this little island. Uh, That book is called The Lost Colony and the Hatteras Island. He claims not only has the mystery been solved, but it was never a mystery to begin with. So, are you ready to hear the story of the not-so-lost colony of Roanoke? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so, let's travel back to 1587. Elizabeth I is the Queen of England. And England has yet to establish a formal colony on the North American continent. They're also, at this point, about to go to war with Spain. Relations between England and Spain are at an all-time low. Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth I, Deciding that, you know, since the Spanish have completely infiltrated all of of, uh, Central and South America, that England needs to get on the ball. And so she is going to bestow the responsibility of establishing England's first North American colony on a man named Sir Walter Raleigh. In the spring of 1587, three ships leave England and they have... 117 English men, women, and children, okay? And they are traveling to the coast of North America. Uh, Sir Walter Raleigh is going to appoint a man named John White as the governor of this new colony. And John White, he's going to bring his family with him, his wife, his daughter, and his son-in-law. So this was the third time that English ships had actually landed on the coast of what is now North America, uh, but it's its first official official attempt at a colony. There were there were two military expeditions before the 1587 arrival. So, uh, according to Scott Dawson, uh, the primary sources that he consulted for his new book say that the group were heading to Chesapeake Bay and that they only stopped by Roanoke Island to pick up 15 soldiers that had been left behind by a previous voyage two years before. And when they get there, it's completely deserted. They find nobody. But when they try to go get back on the three ships to head towards Chesapeake Bay, where they were intending to go, well, the captain of the lead ship, who happened to be a Portuguese pirate, uh, last name Fernando, he refuses to take them any further. And instead says, I'm heading back to England. 
Sorry. So what what's going to happen at this point is uh, White is going to leave with this man to head back to England to get to get essentially a resupply because they're stuck. They have to set up shop because this guy won't take them any further. Did he give a reason or just like, I'm a pirate, I'm going to do what I want? <laughs> so I think he cited hurricane season, like he wanted to get back to England before the bad storms hit. But I think it was implied as well that he was kind of in cahoots with the Spanish. So there may have been some sabotage at, at work. I mean, makes sense. Pirates and all. I, exactly. Exactly. The English had contact with two indigenous tribes primarily. The first, the Croatoan tribe. The second, the Secatan tribe. The Croatoans, pretty much, they had a great relationship with the English. They traded with them. They helped them fish. Uh, The colonists even had a Croatoan guide named Manteo, who had already traveled to and from England twice and was acting as a translator for them. The Croatoan tribe inhabited the island 60 miles south of Roanoke. We know it as the Hatteras Island, but in 1587, they had named it for the people who lived there and called it Croatoan. Now, the Secatan tribe, things were not rosy between the colonists, well, really between the English and the Secatan tribe. Previous, a previous expedition, there were English soldiers who had attacked one of the Secatan villages, burned it, and killed the chief. So they were not partial to white settlers. There was conflict there. There was even uh, one of the uh, colonists was murdered by uh, Secatan warriors while he was crabbing. So things were, were not good between them. And White was aware of this. And so when John White leaves, he knows very well that his family could, and in, the, in these, you know, 100 plus colonists could be attacked by this tribe. And so according to Dawson, who published in his book excerpts from like journal entries and uh, letters that John John White actually wrote, White instructed his family to uh, write where they were going on a tree or on a fence post, just write the name of where they're going, wherever they have to resettle if they have to leave. So they kind of left a contingency plan for themselves. All right. So he takes off. He goes back to England. Now, unfortunately, once White gets to England, he's able to resupply. But England is now at in a brutal war with Spain. All right. There is absolutely no way that White is going to be able to make it back to America. But he makes three attempts. Like each time he gets on the ship, he he either has to turn back or they aren't granted passage across the Atlantic Ocean. For one reason or another, John White cannot get back to Roanoke Island until 1590. So that's three years after he left. And when he finally makes it back, they're gone. Everyone's gone. The settlement at Roanoke had been dismantled. The houses had been taken apart. And what he finds, he finds two carved messages. The first he finds in a tree, and it's three letters, C-R-O. The second message is carved into, uh, like, a fence post. They had made a, a large fence around the settlement area. And the word Croatoan was carved across that. Per, per a letter that White wrote, quote, I greatly joyed that I had found a certain token of their safe being at the Cro- Croatoan, which is the place where Manteo was born and the savages of that island are our friends. So that's straight from a letter that White wrote to 
the court historian of Elizabeth I because he knew that they were safe, or at least they had left with this friendly Native American tribe. So he knew at that moment where they had gone. However, when he tries to get back on the ship and go 60 miles south, the crew, the ship encounters a lot of really rough weather, and their captain actually drowns in a storm. And so the crew, they say, the hell with you, John White. This voyage is destined to fail because this is not the first issue that they had had. So they refuse to go to to Croatoan. And so they end up sailing back to England. And uh, John White, unfortunately, dies three years later without ever actually making contact with his family again. So how the heck did we end up with this with this fabled myth? Because I, I it's at least the story that I've always been told is that they disappeared without a trace. There was absolutely no indication of where they went. But per John White, in his words, he knows exactly where he went, he, where they went. He just wasn't able to verify it. So what happens? Okay. Well, Dawson asserts that future generations of colonists, like those at Jamestown a couple decades later, they would have been disgusted with the idea of an English colony fully assimilating with a Native American tribe. Because at this point, American Indians were seen as subhuman, savage, violent. To uh, have 100-plus white men, women, and children willingly join and become a family with a Native American tribe, that is an incomprehensible idea to most Puritans at this point. Okay, so that's that's part of the reason. So it's going to be much more appealing to later generations of colonists to say they just disappeared. We don't know what happened to them. The land ate them or they were killed by all the Native Americans. So they didn't have a strong inclination to go looking for these people. The next thing that happened is in 1701, uh, an explorer named John Lawson actually ends up on Hatteras Island and meets with Native Americans of the Croatoan tribe who have gray eyes and say that their ancestors were able to read words from books. So (laughs) further, you know, uh, proving that these are ancestors of potentially white settlers and Native American people who had assimilated. Now, there is a uh, there is a play that comes out as published that's put in production in 1937 called The Lost Colony. And it kind of seems like this is that is what entrenched this narrative in the modern historian's mind. And everybody just ran with it. OK, so Scott Dawson and their team uh, with the uh, Croatoan Archaeology Society spent 10 years sifting through the dirt and the rubble on Hatteras Islands. And they found thousands of pieces of pottery tools, uh, a bunch of different just archaeological evidence that really tells a complete story of a very integrated life. It's things of European origin, uh, lots of tools, obviously, of Native, Native American origin. But it tells a story of people who lived and thrived together. Um, and this book that Dawson published, they, he goes on to just essentially paint and illustrate a picture of indigenous life, of a a blended culture. And he makes the argument that this was really meant to be, this was like the Elizabethan style of colonialism, but that that quickly went away in favor of 
you know, colonists completely changing the landscape, right? It's no longer about trade and friendship and let's let's work together. It's our way of life needs to dominate. You know, this is the it, this our our governance makes the world England kind of thing. Okay, and that that changed after Elizabeth. That and I think that's really interesting. Well, who came after Elizabeth? James the First. That's Mary Queen of Scots' son. Well, it's so interesting too because I've read different stuff that said we don't even know what Croatoan means. Like no one really knows what this is. It's just a word. Like we don't know what it translates to. It doesn't mean anything. And obviously, that's just a total lie. Yeah. If it yeah. represented a tribe, a tribe that had been there for like ten thousand years. Yeah. So that's a really interesting, like, little covering of like not even, not even acknowledging that it's a tribe. Just hey, this is a random word. It was on a fence post. We have no idea what it is. Right. And and the straight from the guy's mouth. Straight from the guy's mouth, John White said, oh, thank God, they're with those Native Americans. They're with them. We're, they're safe. They're friends of ours. And so that, all of that evidence, all of that specific evidence was just completely disregarded. And it, it kind of looks like because people weren't comfortable with that story. Well, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, later settlers would say that they couldn't live with the Native Americans, they couldn't enslave them, and so they had to kill them. And that goes completely against what you see Roanoke doing. That's insane. That's insane. Well, because I remember reading, like, when they showed up, well, part of the myth, anyway, is, like, when they showed up in Roanoke, like, nothing was disturbed, and they just couldn't figure out where people had gone, because it looked like they had, like, gotten up from where they were and walked away, like all the ghost ships we hear about. And evidently, that wasn't true, either. <laughs> so They took everything. Yeah. They, because so, they weren't going to leave supplies. So, like, no. wood, iron iron tools and things like that, everything's gone, because they, like, they dismantled the camp because they left. And I wonder if that part it came into like the uh, Christianity assimilation, like with spirituality and like if you stray off of the path, like you'll just vanish because, you know, it's a myth. It's all a narrative. I'm, I'm telling you, it's this is crazy. Yeah. So Scott Dawson, great job. Uh, if you haven't read his book, I mean, just came out in June. If you want to read more about this, and I mean, especially the parts where he talks about the evidence, the archaeological evidence, and what that tells him about this culture and the society is fascinating. I mean, he covers everything from religion to pets and to gender roles. Yeah, I'm going to have to read this because this is just so interesting. I mean, this has been like a historical mystery. And I put that in quotation marks because evidently it was not. And I feel really lied to. Well, how different how different would colonization have been had this been the way that we went about it? I think we would have had a much better appreciation for the cultures that came before us. And you, we have all of these different settlers talking about in um, their own diaries and ship's logs that encountering a lot of these Native American tribes, whether we're talking North American, South American, wherever they happen to land, was essentially encountering heaven on earth. You have like no capitalist agendas. You've got a real semblance of like, here's society, community like all of these really positive things that I feel like we're striving for today. And it existed. It it was already here. We just destroyed it. But yeah, I thought this was really interesting. And I wanted to tell you the story. Well, I'm glad you did. <laughs> because mine yeah. is blown. And I now have some new reading to do. <laughs> 
Excellent. Well, I'll let you borrow this. But yeah, folks, if you uh, haven't heard of it, it, this is a book called The Lost Colony and Hatteras Island by uh, Scott Dawson. So go check it out. I got it on Kindle. I think it's on sale on Kindle right now for like 10 bucks. So if you want to read it, go read it. But I love I, I went to their website. Like This is a really cool organization. There's a lot of really cool work that they've done. I mean, a 10 year dig. That's just amazing. So bravo. Yeah, let's put a link. Let's put a link to their organization in our show. Heck notes. Yeah. And go. Yeah. Give give the give Scott Dawson a boost. And I mean, this is a very, very well written book. I, I thought it was, you know, the the language isn't pretentious, isn't pretentious. It's really just, you know, let me tell you why it's ridiculous that we've been telling this stupid story forever. And it's really funny, the article that my brother sent me, and actually, um, it's <laughs> the original article that he sent me was on boingboing.net. <laughs> and it was the mystery behind the lost colony, quote unquote, lost colony of Roanoke has finally been answered, disappointingly. <laughs> and the author goes on to say the spooky mystery like 16 o's and then ends up saying like uh what is it quote uh the evidence shows that they quote shacked up with the indigenous people on nearby croatoan island just like they fucking said they did (laughs) hey you know what to the point i was like i appreciate that frankness but then that led me to an article by the Virginia pilot uh, by a man named Jeff Hampton. That's uh, titled, quote, the mystery is over. Researchers say they know what happened to Lost Colony. So lots of uh, little uh, articles being published right now. But that book, I, I think that's a good read. And if you're interested in this, it's quick, too. It's only like 140 pages or something like that. 145 pages. Just a quick read. So... But yeah, but thank you all so much for tuning in to the fifth edition of our Saturday Morning Short Stack series. If you like what you heard today, head to your favorite podcast platform. Drop us a five-star review. Really appreciate that. Jasmine, where can they find us on social media? On Instagram and Facebook, we're at the Good Old Days Pod. And on Twitter, we're at the Good OD Pod. Perf. All right. So reach out to us on social media with any episode suggestions or any any shout outs uh you know we, we're happy to hear from you but thank you all so much we hope you have a great rest of your weekend goodbye Bye. Bye.